Hey, welcome to Beer and Gear. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I mean, we're feeling pretty good over here. I've got Shinerbach in my hand. Yes, you do. Thank you, Chris. Sure, no problem. I appreciate the beer. It's good to see your face. It is. Good to be back. What are you drinking? I have another one from Michigan. It's Dragon's Milk Stout. It's bourbon barrel aged. See, I like the bourbon barrel aged. Yes. Like I've I've done beer bourbon barrel aged, and I've done wine bourbon barrel aged. Okay. Have you ever not experienced wine. that? Are you much of a wine drinker? We have we talked no, about that. No, no, okay. no. I I like wine. Okay. Um, and there's a few of them. One of them's like the thief or cooper or something i don't remember um but it came it, it comes in a really cool looking bottle it's like that short fat bottle short fat wine bottle okay yeah makes you feel like you're drinking at a tavern somewhere <laughs> in london in the there you go yeah 1700s anyway um and it's uh it's a wine like a uh some sort of red blend okay that's aged in bourbon barrels and it's Really good. Okay. I'll try to get the name of it for next time. Yeah, I'm afraid the extent of wine in our house is when we're stepping through the uh, the Lord's Supper with the kids, <laughs> and we try to keep it official, not just grape juice. Yeah, right. And so we pour just a little bit, take a, a swig, and the rest of the bottle tends to go down the drain. Yeah. You look Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like all my other blonde-headed... Uh, friends that are of the of the Lutheran persuasion. I borrowed the idea from the Catholics. There you go. For sure. I've only done actual wine with uh, communion a few times, and it's never like good wine, which I feel like is a mistake. Like, sure. It, it seems like if you're taking communion, shouldn't this be like... The best wine you have? I think that's why the Catholics do what they do. It's a very specific wine Yeah, done for only that. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. I've never actually had. Never had it. Um, anyway, partaken of it. Uh, let's just stick to beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Is it good? It's good. Good. It's good. The thank I, you, Jason. Yes, thank you, Jason. This is the the second one that he's given me recently. Okay, I had done the the red label, which was a yes. I believe a porter, mm -hmm. and it was uh, I believe it was bourbon barrel aged as well. Michigan man. Yep. All right. Well. Yep. Got to log that one away. Yep. Dragon's milk. There you go. Go find it. Anyway, or you already know about it because we just you know. Yep, know about it now for sure. Yep. All right, today we're talking about Wi-Fi. Yes, we are. All things Wi-Fi. And if you're sitting at home thinking like, I, you know, my router was just being weird, you might be talking about the wrong thing. Because I will say, you've only got two of these listed, but the the three pieces of gear that you probably have at home that you either are the same piece of gear or they're all split out, that you don't know that you have are a uh, router, yes, a modem, yes, and an AP. Yes, and depending on what you're using, there's also a switch. Switch, yes, okay, okay. So four. <laughs> so, yes. Thank you for that. Yes. Um. So usually, router and switches 
combined, usually in home uh, situations, modem, router, switch combined. Yeah, especially if you get it from your ISP. Yeah. And then especially like if you if you're thinking I only have one box, it's because if you have a if you have wireless access to your internet at home, you have a router or a modem. I'm trying to do this in modem order. router combo. modem router combo. Yes, with an AP built into it. Yes. What do these words mean, Chris? <laughs> well, um, start with Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's, I uh, was surprised. All these years, I thought it was short for something. Well, all it is is just a marketing acronym that was thrown together. Yeah, it's. I mean, you you said that on here. This is a marketing acronym, but this obviously is playing off of hi-fi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could. I. Which you could means think of it as wireless fidelity. Yeah. High high, <laughs> high fidelity is hi-fi. If you've ever heard of hi-fi, when it comes to like stereo. Yes. Whatever. But wireless, like Wi-Fi, wireless fidelity is not a thing. Like, No, not really. Not really. So Wi-Fi was just like a catchy thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it, it's like a, it's like a brand, it's like Xerox. They did a good job because it's stuck. Yeah, it's stuck hard. Like nobody <laughs> talks about away. it in any other way. There's not, I'm, I, I talk about copying paper instead of Xeroxing things. That only lasted for a while. Um, Wi-Fi is not going anywhere. No, it's not. It is not. So I guess we'll kind of get into what we've got here. We've talked about if you got your hardware directly from your internet provider or ISP. ISP, internet service provider. Service provider, there yes. You, you probably have a poor experience, in yeah, my the, opinion. And poor experience, number one, because every ISP, it seems like, is a poor experience. You may have a better experience <laughs> yes. than you did with your last guy. yes. But none of them are like knocking it out of the park. No, no, they're not. They're not. And come then, on, guys. The gear that they're buying, you know, they're I'm sure they're looking for for best price. Best price. There's some reliability they gotta be looking for because sure. the number of questions that they have yeah. to answer is just ridiculous. Yeah. If you like to twist the geek knob, then you're not gonna want their standard hardware. No, 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 no. So no. And why is that? Because you can't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. If you even remotely want to get in and tweak things, make changes, mm -hmm. add additional Wi-Fi networks, um, some of them, I guess, will technically let you have a guest network. Mm -hmm. But if you want to in, in any way get involved on the network side, you're not doing it with their gear. That's it. You can't even change the password to the Wi-Fi most of the time. Mm -hmm. It is stuck on what is on the sticker on the box. <laughs> it's on the sticker. It's on the sticker. Yeah, that's that's the hard. I was when I was uh, my parents um, got <laughs> when they got Wi-Fi at their house that they live in now. The the I was looking for the sticker on the box. It was not on the box. The sticker was. On the, the router. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, guys. Like, Yes. That's why it's imperative to change the password. You got to... First thing. You got to figure this out because that's terrible. Yep. Anyway. And do, the, do our listeners know that you're supposed to be changing your passwords at all? Uh, we haven't I even sure, talked about I that. sure hope they do with all the hacks that we've seen. Guys. Yes. Do change your passwords. Change them often. You're not going to change them, Austin. At least make them fairly long, mm -hmm. and 
then at least change it once a year. No. I used to not be a fan of password managers, but as I'm getting older. So I'm getting older. It's getting harder to remember more those passwords. And more passwords. Yeah, because you don't want to just reuse the same password. Oh my gosh, no. Don't do that. That's terrible. Your Wi Fi password should not be your bank password. Oh. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, regardless of whether you have their, well, you can't change theirs, but if you go buy something from Best Buy, like Linksys or D Link, please change the password. That's the very first thing you should do once it's actually working. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, we were talking about not, not settling for what the ISP gives you with gear. You don't have to go, like, find some ridiculous, like, you don't have to have a, you know. No, it doesn't have to uh, be. CDW account to Correct. get this. Correct. Like, you do not have to have Cisco gear. No. Or Meraki or Aruba or whoever you may have potentially heard of. Right. There's a few things you want to look for, though. Yes. And what are those things? Well, for one, that you can actually manage it. Mm-hmm. So... What you'll want to look at is kind of roughly the size of your of your house. If you just go buy an all-in-one Linksys or D-Link. What and, they give you when you, uh, if you use your ISP. Yeah, if you use your ISP gear, you, you want to try to set it as, I guess, as close to the center of your house as you can to try to get the best coverage. Yeah, and it's going to give you about 1,000 square feet of coverage. Yeah, at best 1,500. Yeah. Because once you start going through walls, depending on what your walls are made of and mm-hmm. the thickness and any potential insulation in there, all you're going to co- kill the signal. All my walls are concrete and lead, man. Oh, you need a, a, a AP on every side of the wall. That's right. I got. I just got straight up bunkers. <laughs> there you go. Every room. I feel like we know somebody that built a house like that. Yes, we do. And they <laughs> probably do have APs in every room. <laughs> they probably do. Yes. So in my opinion, don't take the ISP's hardware. Mm-mm. Go buy your own. Yeah. Go buy a modem. Don't pay them that monthly rental. No, gosh, don't, no. Don't do that. Modems last a long time. Yeah. Get a... Get and a, you will pay for it in the first year. Oh, absolutely. Because they, they'll charge cost you that much. five to ten bucks a month to rent it. Ten bucks. Absolutely. Easy yeah. Easy ten bucks for them. Just you can waste the money for you. Yeah, you can pick up a great modem for under a uh, hundred bucks. Easy. Mm-hmm. What are some things to be looking for to future-proof your modem? I'm thinking of one thing in particular. Well, you've you've got to look at the model of, or the, I guess the version of Doxis. Yeah. Please don't ask me to say what all the letters mean. <laughs> Just know that it has to do with the way that the modem is talking into their network. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that it is compatible with... With your service with provider. With your service provider, which is a thing that you can look up on your service provider's... Site, yes. Site, website. They are going to have that. Or if you have a death wish, you could call in and wait. Don't do that. <laughs> it should be on their website. It should be, yeah. So at a minimum, you're going to want Doxis 3. Ideally, mm. you would probably want to at least pick up Doxis 3.1. Yeah, I was going to say 3.2. Three point, if, if you can get a 3.2 and they support it, that's great. Yeah. But even if you get Doxis 3.0, that will still support a full gig up and down. Yeah, and and that's... Like a gig up and down, I would say, is is probably minimum of what you want to buy at this point. Yeah. I guess the one other thing you do have to take a look at when you're buying your modem is the number of channels. Mm-hmm. More channels means more speed. More so speed. So I would buy more speed. more speed, more power. 
Now, wait, I, th- I thought that my internet service provider was the one who uh, decided how much speed I had. Well, they kind of do in the end. <laughs> I was setting you, have, you up, you have man. An, you have an illusion of speed. You have an illusion of speed. Yes, so get at least 32 channels. Mm. That way you can effectively get, if you have the luxury of it, of the ability, you can get that sweet gig up, gig down. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's there. So, like, is HBO one of the channels that I get? No, not that kind of channel. Nice try. Mean? So, ESPN. without getting too geeky, they more more channels means more bandwidth. They do a process called channel bonding, which makes all those what? channels behave as if it's one giant channel. Oh, you mean like Disney and National Geographic and all those guys are one channel right now? Mm, is that what you're talking they're about? They're trying. So... These channels will run a little bit separate from your your cable. Sorry, this is me trying to I'm, that's okay. I'm muddy little, this as no, much as possible. I'm a little too far removed from working for Cox to remember quite how they did mm. some of the channeling. Uh, but I do know that you had, I want to say at that time, there was at least eight channels for data, and there was possibly four channels for video. And depending upon what package you had, determine which of those channels was potentially active mm. for the service that you were looking for because a given channel would come or a given you know, TV channel would go down a specific video channel with uh, with your service. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's modem. Just jumped right over the head. Yes. So skip the service provider equipment. Get your own modem. Yeah. At a minimum, get... Get your own router. If you're going to buy in now, I would at least buy into Wi-Fi 6E if you can get it. Yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, maybe absolute worst case, Wi-Fi 6. I would not do anything what's referred to as Wi-Fi 5. Okay, so you just said said Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E. What are all the Wi-Fi's? Because I I remember I remember when we just called it Wi-Fi. Yes, well, that's all it used to be. Yeah. Um, so there's seven that I would say that are now official because they just finally released the certification process for Wi-Fi seven. Mm. Wi-Fi eight is Burgeoning. out there, but nowhere near ready. Bleeding edge. Yeah. So we'll we'll go back to the wee days of the internet. Uh huh. With uh, what is now referred to as Wi-Fi 1. Back then, it was 802.11a. And it gave you a whopping 54 megabits per second. I don't know anybody that used that A. It was just 802.11. 802.11, that's true. And that was typically referring to Wi-Fi version 2, which yeah. is 802.11b. B. 11 megabits. So not as fast, but... It had punch, and you could push it way farther Okay. Uh, than you could A, because A uses 5 gigahertz. As you go up in frequency, it takes more power to get the same distance as a lower frequency. Right. So that's the nature of... We'll talk about the pluses of the higher frequency later. Yes. Go ahead. So you get into Wi-Fi version 3, good old 802.11G. Also in 2.4. Also 2.4, Yes but it got it up to 54 megabits. So it got basically B up to the equivalent of A. Mm -hmm. 
And then from there, we jumped to Wi-Fi version 4 or 802.11. Big and jump. Big that's jump. when it got interesting because now you can leverage 2.4 gigahertz and, and 5 gigahertz and get it. Now, this is theoretical, but you could <sighs> technically get a maximum of 600 megabits per second. Yeah. I never knew anybody who was getting that. Sure. So, but it was a nice marketing number. It was. I remember when N came out. Yes. And it was like, what? Yeah, I would say... G was kind of that first one that a lot of people were probably buying into. Yeah. And then in it really started to explode. Yeah. And then we jumped to Wi-Fi 5. Yeah. 802.11 AC. AC. It doesn't keep you cool, though. Air conditioner not involved. Again, theoretical numbers here. A maximum of 6,933 megabits. Yes, that is the magic number Six for those point, who are listening. 6.9 Gigabits. Gigabits. Gig- gigawatts. <laughs> gigawatts. There you go. Again, using 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. Yeah. When we get into what's called spatial streams, we'll explain how they made some of these magic numbers happen. Yeah. Uh, from there, you go to Wi-Fi 6 and 6E. Uh, that is referred to as 802.11ax. You lost me. Well, that I, to me, that's that. this is the minimum where you should buy in if you're right buying now. gear. Yeah. If you can afford the 6E, or even if you can afford 7, go for it. But the average person, at least get Wi-Fi 6, if not 6E. Yeah, It'll give you some good future-proofing. Again, a potential maximum of 9,608 megabits per second using 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. Now, the difference in 6 and 6E is 6E introduced 6 gigahertz. Yeah. And that's how they're actually achieving some of those higher ridiculous speeds i mean i was gonna say I'd, i feel like it should be 2.45 and 7.5 gigahertz i mean <laughs> why are we why are we doing this weirdness we wanted the six gigabits six gigabits so I, I, you may be kind of figuring out here as you go up in frequency there's more bandwidth to take advantage of more bandwidth more channels yes more more, more power everything more power more power and then you've got Wi-Fi 7. There has been some gear out for a little while with this. None of it is officially certified. So Well, it's faster than what we can... Oh, it's faster than the 6 and the 6E. Yeah, and it's faster than what the internet service providers are... Well, yeah, I mean, with, with AC, technically, you're already faster than what most service right. providers would give you. Although I guess there are a few fiber providers that I know that are pushing 5 gigabit. Really? Yes. So none I of, haven't, none of them I are haven't met here. any of them. No, they're not around here. I, I know, I know they're in Austin. We're in Tyler. It's not. We don't have that. Yeah, don't get That's me started. That's not one of the options on the little. Oh, don't get me started on how backwards some of our one. stuff is. For as big a city as we are. I'm just saying. Okay. And then coming at some point in the future, <laughs> Wi-Fi 8. You heard it here first, yeah, folks. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking news. 802.11 BN. N is in Nancy. Nancy. A maximum of 100,000 megabits per second. Bravo November. Yes, Bravo November. There you go. 100 gigs. Yes, essentially. Gig- giga- gigabits. Gigabits. Not roughly. gigabytes. Not gigabytes. Gigabits. That's different. Yes, there's a big difference between bits and a byte. Divide by eight. Divide by eight. Absolutely. So again, 2.45 gigahertz and 6 gigahertz. Yeah. So there's all the Wi-Fi versions and some of 
some of what they how they break down. Are we gonna put this on the show notes? Absolutely. I feel like we need to put this on the show notes because we just threw a lot of numbers. We did. Without we did. Well, that's why I would say depending on too much. where we're at. Yeah. And dial on that nerd knob. Yeah. Check out the check out the show notes. Four if you to wanna. six. Yeah. Because the nerd knob goes up to eleven. It goes up to eleven for sure, just like a sound box. <laughs> yes. What's yes, up, Jason? <laughs> yes. Okay, so from there, let's jump into channels. Yeah, channels. I was about to say we got to go backwards for a yeah, second. Yeah, that's okay. We did we jump anything else? We Don't, did. Uh, we did a little bit. Well, we didn't talk about. Um, well, sorry, that's back on channels. You've got two sections. Channel width is what I was channel, going back to. Channels. Yeah, let's channel go to channels. Width. Yeah, we'll go to channels. So two point four gigahertz. Yes, eleven usable channels in the U.S. One through eleven. So, in case you haven't realized this, there's this little, um, I almost said company. There's this little federal agency um, that likes to tell you where you can and can't be on the spectrums. Yes. Of uh, shout out to the FCC. Yeah, the FCC is they're awesome. We are not trying to pick any fights. No, no, no. I with anybody like that. Slight sidebar talking about government agencies. Yeah. On the way to drop the kids off. And my phone the stopped. The actual kids. Yeah, the actual kids. And my phone stopped working. Yeah. It did. <laughs> oh my but, gosh, but that was a terrifying. But here's the deal. I was if anybody that knows me, I'm not a big fan of the government. <laughs> I saw a video of the um Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. I can't say anything good about her, so Don't. I just won't say it. <laughs> just, just keep your mouth shut. Yes. She basically said it is not our responsibility to bring prices down. And although she's technically right, that isn't what the government should do. When you cause them to go up, you should be on the hook to bring them down. That's so true. it sent me on a rant. With my kids, and I could see my kids going, oh, boy, here yeah, it goes The again. eyes are rolling back into the back of the head. Exactly. And about the time that my phone dropped, I said, if they don't keep it up, it may be time for a revolution. And, and then your phone time, dropped? Boom, my oh. phone signal dropped, and I'm like, oh, they're listening to me. <laughs> You're the reason. They're going to come get me. You're the reason AT&T just dropped everybody all at once in the state. Yeah, and they're still not talking about what happened. That uh, they're no, they're not, so, and I don't, I don't know that there's any hope of that. Early story was a potential solar flare. Sure. So we'll see. We'll see. I feel like if it was a solar flare, we'd know faster than that, unless they got well, shut up by somebody else. It started at two a.m. AT and T would definitely blame it on something else if they could right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Because right now they're just on the hook for being incompetent. No, I'm not getting on that soapbox either. Um. All right, back to channels. I got to get away from this. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm, gonna start, I'm gonna start it, preaching. It, you guys, it's not. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> as soon as we hang up with this call or call whatever, um, it we're gonna be talking about this. Oh, so. I'm sure. Anyway. I'm sure. Okay, so let's hop back to channels. So 2.4 gigahertz, 11 usable channels. Okay. That doesn't mean that you should just use any old channel. Right. There is only three that are technically usable that don't interfere with other channels. Right. Channel 1, Channel 6, Channel 11. Yeah. So that joker, not too far away, who's using Channel 3, 
I'm not a fan of yours. Because you're, you're stepping on one and six. You're stepping on both one and six. Yes. Okay. So how do, how do we explain this um, in a way that that makes sense to somebody who just heard you say eleven usable channels and really there's only three. There's only three. So, so we'll have to put something in the show notes so you could see the visual. Yeah. So within the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, they show you the channels and they show you the frequency starts here, ends here. Yeah. Those channels technically, essentially, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they overlap. Yeah. Next Channels next to each other. So channel one kind of overlaps with channel two, two with three, and so on. Yeah. And because you have what are considered co-channels there, yeah. you get co-channel interference. Yeah. So if, if I have a radio on one and another nearby radio on two, they're not going to be happy. My experience is not going to be great. No. So if you do have a... D link or a link says that you can go in and change it. Yeah. Do turn off the automatic channel because I've seen those choose those in between channels because randomly it's, it's, it looks clear. Don't don't, don't do, do that. Be be a good neighbor. Don't so do that. So if you're, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with like a a way for people to understand this. If you're driving down the highway and you're just uh, rem, imagine remember if you can when we had the the knobs. That you would turn to find the channel on the or the FMAM baby FMAM uh, knob to to get the channel on the radio. You would if you if you turn it close to a channel, you can hear the next channel. The next channel, like you can hear what like the the through the static and everything, you can kind of hear something faint. You're yeah. not exactly on the channel, but you kind of hear it. Now imagine if you've got two. Weak signals, and this is important because on FM AM, like the part of it is how weak the channel is, correct? On whether or not it'll actually do this because you can have two channels right next to each other and you can hear both of them as long as they are pumping that wattage at you, correct? Um, but most of the time, that's not what's happening. Um, so if you imagine if you were in between two channels and you could hear both of them. That's kind of what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, you kind of get that bleed over. And that Wi-Fi has to have a very strong signal. Correct. In order to pass without pass data without dropping packets. Correct. Okay. Yeah. More interference just basically means you're potentially going to have to keep retransmitting to get what you need. Yeah. So stay on the right channels. Yeah. And so where that kind of plays in, too, if you're designing a network, depending on the size of your building, you need three, four, five. So now as you're laying those out, now you've got to think think, think that through. If I'm putting this one on one, I'm putting this on six, I'm putting on this 11, now when I put that fourth radio, yep. I need to put it to where it doesn't step on number one, but it could... Or yeah, it doesn't co coexist with number one, right? But it could overlap on the two that are running six and eleven, and I'm fine. And then if I have more radios, then I keep doing this to try to space it out. And you can see how, like in your house, this is not a problem. No, well, depending on how geeky you are. Wow, let me tell you what. No, um, <laughs> not 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 nearly that geeky. Um, not at my house. I'm a I mean, little basic, geeky. Well, I mean, a little bit. I, I do have three APs at my house. I should say that. I have two that are functional, one that needs to be replaced. Yeah, there you go. But who has the money for that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. 
All right. So with that, that's kind of where 2.4s exist. We've already talked about the overlap. Did you talk about microwaves? Uh, no, but that's coming up. Again, I want to reiterate, use 1, 6, and 11. Please be kind to your neighbors. Because your frequencies, your... Uh, I go I go to the blockbuster analogy, be kind, rewind. There you go. So be kind. Don't Whether or not you believe it because you walked out of your house and lost Wi-Fi signal, you are close enough to your neighbors to mess with their signal as well. Oh, yes. And if you look for Wi-Fi, you'll see your other people. Yeah. So Easily. That, that takes me to one quick sidebar. Do have fun with your network names. Oh, yeah. No, that's don't, the best part. Don't just leave it plain Jane. No, you can't. You, so, I mean, it's sudden, you know, sudden link, whatever. Dot blah blah blah. blah yeah, which don't, I don't, guess isn't don't even do a thing that. anymore. Yeah. That's not, that's not a Wi-Fi name. Yeah, if you come by my house, you will see FBI surveillance van number thirty-three. That's me. So have as much fun with it as you want. And now my wife's going. That's where he got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess yeah, a couple other things here to keep in mind. Uh, there are other things that do operate in that 2.4 gigahertz range that can cause interference, okay. namely microwave. Yeah. So if you have a radio or access point relatively close to your microwave and you start noticing bizarre behaviors. Why does my Netflix cut out every time yeah, I make popcorn? Yeah, it gets a little choppy. What's going on? You may need to consider relocating your radio. Maybe. You, maybe. So, All right, go ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that you, again, depending on how geeky you are, if you're in the home automation and you use Zigbee for oh, connecting wow. yes, lights, we're going there. whatever, Zigbee operates in 2.4 gigahertz as well. Uh-huh. So be careful. It is a very popular side. Okay, we're going to go on a side quest here. Go ahead. Um, This became a big deal with all of us musicians out there. When they first came out with wireless, not first came out with wireless, that's ridiculous. When they, uh, when they started making, I'm going to go ahead and say lower budget, wireless, um, especially like instrument stuff. Okay. Most of it was focused in the 2.4 gigahertz. And I had a whole bunch of people that were like, wireless guitars, wireless, like trying to go wireless with your guitar, trying to go wireless um, is trash. You don't need to do it at all. This was the problem. Everything was on 2.4. Everything, like the Wi-Fi router, if the Wi-Fi router was anywhere near your gear, which it's always near your gear because you're trying to do stuff on Wi-Fi the entire time that you're playing music, um, it was always interfering. Yep. And remember, 2.4, three usable three channels. Three usable channels. So I would assume they use 2.4 to get higher than 900 megahertz. Yes. So again... More potential bandwidth, so better quality sound in theory. Better quality sound. Everybody was going for fidelity. Yes. But what they got was eh, all this, like, you know, technology that's being put into cell phones at the time was then becoming, oh, well, this could work with music. Yes. And it all just went downhill. Yes. So that's the story of 2.4. Anyway. All right. So moving on, 5 gigahertz. 
Five gigahertz comes as the savior to all. Uh, that was the intent, definitely. Mm-hmm. So in the U.S., 22 usable channels. Oh, I guess one other thing we skipped, 2.4 gigahertz, best case scenario, 300 feet of coverage. Mm. Best case. Five gigahertz, you're talking about 100 feet of coverage. So if anybody has played with this at home, you'll notice that you have, those, you have those great speeds when you're on five. Mm-hmm. You get too far away, it slows down because you fall back to 2.4. Yep. So. Um, not not seeing a whole lot of just five. Got to have five and 2.4. Five and 2.4. So what gets interesting in here is radar. 12 of the 22 channels exist in the spectrum for some some of the radar systems. So those are referred to as DFS channels. The way those work is your radio... DFS, never mind. We're not going to... Yeah, we're not going to go there. (laughs) So your radio can exist on one of those channels, but if it detects radar, it has to drop with no no longer than 10 seconds and get out of the way. Right. So it does not interfere with that radar. So (sighs) if anybody's ever been poking in their system logs and they see radar detected... That's what's going on. That's what on. they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. So the not, other not the MASH character. No, not MASH. No, no. So the other thing that's nice in five gigahertz is none of the channels technically overlap. Yeah. So there's twelve or there's twenty two. Twelve of them are uh radar Which ten we, usable channels. Ten. And so as you can see, more channels, especially if you live in an apartment complex. Right. More channels is more better. More. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. You want more channels so you can get away from what your neighbors are using and try to improve your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from there, we jumped to 6 gigahertz, which, again, came out with 6E. Uh, still reasonably new in the Wi-Fi piece. Most, I would say, probably phones within the last two to three years for sure are probably going to have 6E built in. Right. So this gets really crazy. 59 usable channels in the U.S. Pretty good. That's game-changing if you live in an apartment. Right. Absolutely amazing. No channel overlap, just like with 5 gigahertz. (sighs) So depending on how many neighbors you have, there should be no reason that y'all would be on the same channel. Yeah. There's no reason. Unless they're just being a jerk. Yeah, well. Some of those neighbors do exist, I'm afraid. We're not going to talk about being a good neighbor on this (laughs) yet. All right, let's talk about channel width. Channel width. Here we go. So this is where things get a little interesting. We'd already kind of alluded to you've got to plan your channels carefully. Yes. Because, again, you want to avoid multiple radios utilizing the same channel Next to each other, so you don't have that interference. Right. <clears throat> so this width is like what? An inch? <laughs> I'm not even going to go okay. with that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So channels and channel width is ultimately used to get you more speed, more power. Okay. I hear Tim Allen in my head. So you get into what's called spatial streams. I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. Um, which has to do with active connections to a given radio. And if I remember correctly, Wi-Fi 7, you 
don't remember if it was seven or eight, so please don't hold me to this. One of them, you could actually be connected to multiple radios, which gets a little interesting because now you what? can pull, yeah, you can pull data from two different radios. It gets intriguing what you can achieve. This isn't, okay, so we're going to talk in a little bit about like MIMO. Yes. And multi user MIMO or Moo MIMO, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, this is not. This is this okay. So Moo MIMO is going to be coming from the other direction, talking about radio talking to multiple end users. You're yes. talking about an end user using multiple radios. Multiple at the radios. Same time. Yeah. So don't hold me to it. It's either Wi Fi 7. I'm leaning towards 7, but it could have been something I was reading on 8. Um, so forgive me if I'm calling it wrong. So, but it's an intriguing. That new, sounds new technology. very interesting, especially in a business where you're more likely to have Multiples. multiple radios, and depending on where you're officed, you might be right in between two and can take advantage of it. Which, I mean, honestly, your uh, network guy is trying to minimize that right now. Correct. But you're saying he may not be trying to minimize that in the future. Depending on what he, yeah, what he's trying to achieve in terms of your connection speed. That could start to change the way we do some yeah, of our design. Yeah, now I'm, now I'm just because you, what you don't want right now are like really big hotspots in your Correct. network mapping. Yeah, but, you do want to keep them a reasonable amount apart, yeah. so they're not stepping on each other. Right. But you do need some overlap. Right. To help with roaming. Yes. So. So that it's a clear like you're not falling off and then picking up again. Correct. So roaming is a whole other animal. I didn't include that in here, but just real quick to know, there are different standards for roaming. If you're going to turn it on, make sure all your devices support the version that you're turning on, or you could potentially have devices that just can't connect Wow! because they don't, they don't talk that language. Yeah, I'm not, sorry, I'm still back on the... Multiple radios. Multiple radios. Your mind yeah. is blown. I just didn't know that that was coming. That's great. Yes. I mean... I think it's great. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay, go ahead. I would say if it's implemented right, it probably is going to be great. Yeah. So, and then when we get into the wider the channel, the more bandwidth. Yeah. So 2.4 gigahertz uses 20 megahertz channels. Okay. So you've got a finite amount of data that you can push down that. Yeah. When you And so you can't bond multiple channels together. No, they're interfering with each other. Yes. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. There is some, I think there is technically some older in that could do MIMO. I'll confirm that and add that in the yeah, show Yeah, we need to, yeah. So. Don't don't jump on that bandwagon. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't beat me up. Okay, so you jump to 5 gigahertz. This is where it starts to get intriguing. Yep. You can do... 20. 20 megahertz, just like 2.4. Or you could bond two of those together, basically, and achieve a 40 megahertz channel. That's some slick math right there. Yes, it is. More more bandwidth. It's amazing. More better. More better. Then you could bond two 40s. Or 420s. Or 420s, however you want to take that. For 80 megahertz, again, you're achieving more potential bandwidth. And then ending with 160 megahertz channels. Yeah. So you have the potential to really grow this out in terms of the potential bandwidth that you can achieve when you're connected to the radio. Again, with this, you've got to be now most 
newer devices, you don't have to worry about this. But there was a time you had to be careful in how wide you made your channels. Right. Because some older equipment may not have gone beyond 40 megahertz. Yeah. And as soon as you turn on 80, sure, that makes sense. they're like, I don't have anything. What here. is that? What do you want me to do? <laughs> so, well, okay. And uh, uh, let's make sure and understand, like... Those that bonding that is great for you know your speed and and how much you can handle and everything like that's that's awesome. But it's not like the number of channels actually increased because if you bond them, then you are actually decreasing decreasing the number of channels that are available. Yes, thank you, and that leads me into the next section. Okay. So we said with five gigahertz, there were twenty two usable channels. Yeah. When you go to fourteen gigahertz, that actually only shrinks to 14, which doesn't seem like the math works, Yeah, but it does. And then when you go to 80 gigahertz, now you do truly cut in half. Sorry, 40, 40 gigahertz. For, sorry, yeah, 40 gives you 14. From, from 5 gigahertz, if you if you do uh, two bonded, like if you if you bond 20s. Yes, to have 40 all the way megahertz across, channels. To have 40 megahertz channels, then you only have 29. Oh, sorry, 14. You, you 29 have 14 is on the 14 usable channels. 14. And then if you bump it again to 80 megahertz, you have seven usable channels. Yeah, which is like a third. Yes. But again, as you bond these and you get more megahertz, you get more bandwidth. Yeah. And then ending with the 60 megahertz, and there you've only got 160. 160. Three usable channels. Yeah. So more bandwidth is amazing, but means fewer channels. So as you grow those channels, that can complicate your design right depending on how many radios you have to work with right so now we jump to the the, the newer six gigahertz again it can use 20 it can use 40 it could use 80 it could use 160 and it now introduces and 320 megahertz for the ridiculous people out there yes three channels of 320 Three channels of three megahertz. of 320, yeah. So with this, if you do the 40 megahertz... 29. You've got 29. That's where the 29 was. Correct. If you do 80, you've got 14 usable. 160, you've got seven. And as we just said, 320, you've got three available. Yep. So again, as you increase these channels, be mindful of how many radios you have and how you're designing this out. Yeah. So if you've only got three radios... Go, Go to town. If your devices can handle it, yeah. knock yourself out. If your devices can handle it. The other thing to keep in mind, though, as you're increasing your channels and your number is shrinking, your neighbors may not be using those bigger oh, channel that's bondings. True. Yeah. And they're going to be on the 20s, maybe yeah. the 40s. And they now could potentially step over whichever channel you're using. Mm. So, again, a lot of this to keep in mind depending on how geeky you are yeah, and how you design your network. Yeah. It's important. It is. Absolutely is. We're all just used to go buy it from Best Buy, plug it in, and boom, it just works. Yeah. You got a guy who's listening to this and I'm like, wait a minute. I was just trying to not use my ISPs. Correct. We turned up that dial. We did. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. So now let's jump to spatial streams or yep. another way to say that is how many consecutive connections do you have to the radio so single radio how many devices can connect yes at one time at one time so when you go way back before mimo Excuse and multi-user mimo yeah one device at a time yeah now 
super fast connections, like even at their slowest. You you say one device can connect at a time. Correct. That's not. Hey, I've I've connected my device to this uh, AP. So well, there's caveats. Okay. There's caveats. So if you think back to the beginning, eight hundred two dot eleven B, that was kind of where it was what we call round robin. One device can transmit and receive to the radio at a time. So your laptop would do its thing, then my laptop would do its thing, and then your phone, and then my phone, and then back to your laptop. And it had to basically go in a round-robin circle, trying to give everybody fair airtime Yeah. so everybody could try to do something. But let's talk about how fast that was happening. Oh, it's happening crazy fast. Crazy fast. Crazy fast. But It's not like I get it for an hour, then you get it for an hour. Correct. No. Correct. But... Those of us that are old enough that we have some gray hair and remember the old times, mm. it was slow. Yeah. It definitely had that, like, my page is going to load in a second. Yes. That I am looking at. Not as bad as dial-up modem. Give it a minute. So. Oh, my gosh. Dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, by today's standards, if it's only one device at a time, not that big a deal. You've probably got a really nice internet speed, especially if you're increasing your channels. So that's the other benefit to channels is more bandwidth. Your device talks faster, which means my device can get to it quicker and talk faster and so on. So from there, they introduced single user, multi-in, multi-out. MIMO. Yes, MIMO. That's what we did. Sue MIMO. Big, Big deal. Still round robin. Still jumping from device, device to device. Device, 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 device. Yes, but it allowed me to have, depending on how the radio was, I could have two connections to that radio. I could have three or possibly as many as four simultaneous connections. In, In and out. Yes. So, again, I'm getting my bandwidth faster, so my device can hand off for the radio to go to the next device. So, again, we're speeding this thing up. And then where it gets really intriguing is when they introduce multi-user MIMO. Now, now your laptop and my laptop can talk to that same radio at the same time. Now, we may not be able to talk to all of the antennas at the same time. You may get two and I get two. Right. But now, again, we're making it faster, multiple devices talking at the same time. What do you mean antennas, Chris? My my device, my AP looks like a, a discus. Yeah, mine looks like a spaceship, too. So if you There's take no it, antennas. if you take it apart, they're in there. What? Yes, they look like little pieces of foil. Almost. I don't believe you. I'm gonna have to break that plastic apart. Well, I'll have to find the one that we broke apart at work today <laughs> and show you because it was a dead radio. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great! It's it's actually intriguing how small the antennas truly are uh, and what they're they're capable. not the big fins. No, 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 no. Because we've all seen the octopus hanging from the ceiling. We, we yeah, when you've got those ex- external antennas, that is not a pleasant sight. Well, that's what, um, you know, the people jump up and uh, yes, high-five them when they're walking by. And, and break them off. Like, why are we doing Yikes. this? You don't have to touch everything. No, no, it's no. It's not no. yours. No. Now, external antenna could technically get you better coverage. Technically, but you also have people hitting it. Yeah, you do. If they damage it, it's no good. So, so that is the benefit of multi-user MIMO. Again, still round-robin, trying to get everybody fair airtime. But now more than one device can connect to that radio. Nice. So 
That was a really nice, it's a big nice deal. upgrade. Oh, it was. It was. So getting into some of the last bit here, now we get into placement. Placement of the placement of the radio or the access point. We did we ever say access point or did we just say AP the entire time? Uh we probably said AP or, Sorry. or, or I was saying radio. Radio, access point, AP, all the same thing. Yes, all the jargon. Go ahead. Okay. So your access point, whether it's baked in in the all-in-one router right. or it's an independent access point or radio, right. it has what's referred to as a radiation pattern, not, not, not necessarily the bad kind. What just happened? <laughs> yes. Why is my skin getting warm? Oh, no. So basically what that means, it travels in a horizontal plane and a vertical plane. Yes. So most radios are going to produce that basically in the shape of a glazed donut. And you can imagine it just expanding until it basically... I just got hungry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Is Dunkin' Donuts out there? Yeah, beer and donuts. <laughs> what am I, Homer? <laughs> so that kind of expands out again until that signal degrades enough that it's not, not usable. There are different antennas that can do different coverage patterns. We'll get into those in a little bit. Um, so most access points are meant, in my opinion, or designed to mount flush on your ceiling Yeah. so that the antennas are parallel with your ceiling and your floor. Right. That is how you get the best coverage out of that device, unless it has some special antennas that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I doubt that it would. That would most likely be... You say best coverage. I say widest coverage. Best coverage, widest coverage, yes. If you have a two-floor home, you got to be careful with the discs, right? You do. Because they're not as up and down as the old ones used to be. No, and just because you put it up on the highest level doesn't mean you're going to get a great experience down on the bottom. No. It's a very different... Your floors are very different than your walls. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So and you're, if you have two floors, at a minimum, you probably need two radios. Yeah. No, absolutely. Minimum. So that radiation pattern matters. If you want to know what it is, typically the manufacturer site will show you that. <laughs> hey, Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> hey, we got any Europeans listening out there? Yeah. Okay, so the pattern matters. Again, we talked about it would be like a, a glazed donut for an omnidirectional, which is what most access points tend to be. Right. So you do have certain antennas, though, that um, can change that that can give you, well, generally it will give you more punch. Yeah. So typically you would see this, especially outside. Yeah. You, you say you're again, just using your words, you're saying punch. I, I would probably phrase it more like directional, more, more direction and more distance. Yeah. Than a omnidirectional that's doing the full 360. Where you've degrees. got like a, a, you know, you can almost picture like a sphere. Like yes. you said, the donut, this the is donut. more like a spear. Yes, depending on on, on the, the how, what the d degree pattern is. Yeah. So when you get into that, you're going to be talking about. Um, I've seen them referred to as directional. I've seen them referred to as sector, and yagi. Most of the time, those are going to be outdoor. Um, directional is just that it's going to they point look like in big, a given direction, like fins or cylinders. 
or they yeah they they can especially when you get into uh, the sector yeah directionals I've I've normally seen those as a square or a rectangle yeah it's pointed though at yes a... so ninety degree uh, forty five degree yeah. depending on what your coverage that you're trying to get the tighter that the smaller that degree the tighter that beam the more potential you have for distance yeah when you get into a sector typically those are going to go wider than 90. A lot of times you'll see those 130, 180. So I'm trying to cover everything in front of that antenna and out to the sides. It's like a backyard. Nothing behind. Yeah. Um, think of it as a way that some microphones will actually pick up. I was about to say you're microphone. Gonna get, exactly. You're going to get rejection from the rear. Rejection from the it's rear. looking at the front. all at the front. Yes. Forward facing. Yeah, so that's how a sector would work. Yagi, if you've ever seen them, they look like somebody pulled the guts out of a radio. I'm sorry? That's what it looks like. Basically, it looks like somebody took a piece of metal. Sorry, i got to Google this real quick. Keep talking. Go, go ahead. And they will have, basically, like they've cut out little fingers or fins, and it would mount. It looks like something that you could actually put inside of a Pringles can almost. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Now, these things have incredible punch or distance. Because of how tight they're making that beam. That's crazy looking. Yes. You'll see a lot of these two with hams if we've got any ham radio guys out there. There you go. Ham radio is exactly what I yes. was thinking. This one looks like a, um, what's the, the like the weed, or not the weed. A hedge the, trimmer. The hedge trimmer. Yeah. Hedge trimmer. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what that's that looks like. That's a good picture of it. So, again, you can get ridiculous punch and distance with those. Oh, wow. Especially if you're trying to do like a site to site bridge, you're going to want something like that because you want that tighter beam, <laughs> maximum distance so you can get that reach. Pasternak put a, a cylinder over it because it's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. So, keeping in the world of placement. You don't want to put your radios too close together. No. Again, you're not going to hurt the equipment. No. But they are going to overlap far too much in coverage. Perform the way that they're supposed to. Correct. And your device is not going to be happy. It's going, do I want to, do I need to talk to you? Do I want to talk to you? And it's generally going to try to take what is the best signal or quality. And if that is fluctuating in any way, it's going to bounce from radio to radio and you're not going to be happy. So that makes sense. You want to keep eh, 30 to 50 feet, depending on, again, this also comes down to how many walls you have. How many walls you have, how many, like what, again, what kind of uh, directional, you know. Correct. Now, one thing you can do if you don't have a lot of luxury where you can place your radios, again, this depends on how geeky your system is, you can turn down the transmission power. Yeah. To pull back how far they go. Yeah. So you get the overlap that you need for roaming, but not so much overlap that it's causing issues with your device. Yeah. And and the other thing we didn't talk about with distance is like again remembering the the difference between like two point four and five and six and how far they reach. Yes. Two point four, you're gonna get your best your best option again for distance. For distance. You're gonna lose bandwidth, yeah. but you're gonna get that distance. Okay. 
So, so placement is important. And again, you've got to take into consideration your walls. You know, most interior walls in homes in Texas typically are not insulated. So you've got gaps with drywall. You can get. I feel like that became a code at some point. Uh, I can tell you at least in 2007, it wasn't. Really? That's when my house was built. You don't have insulation not, in, not in the Not in the interior walls. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I feel like for the longest time they didn't do it just because it wasn't necessary. Outside is way more important. Outside is far more important. So Attic, way more important. Absolutely. Inside so walls, not so much. Know your walls, know your materials. Know your materials. Makes a big deal. A good, well, a good, and I guess even if you don't know your walls or materials and whatever, just understand that that may be something that's playing into why your radio doesn't reach as far as you think that it should. Correct. Like we're saying 1,500 square feet is pretty typical for a single radio. But that is kind of a best-case scenario. In a, in a best-case scenario, if you're like, well, I've got an 1,800-square-foot house and I've only got you know two rooms covered by this, well, yep. there's some other stuff going on oh, probably yeah, there's, there. There's a ton of factors. So a good rule of thumb is no more than three, four-inch thick walls. If you've got insulation you may start to see more degrading, especially depending on the type of material. If you've got rock wool, yeah. great for you for what that's capable of, especially yeah. killing sound. Your Wi-Fi is not going to be happy. Sorry about you. That's just way too dense. Um, yes. Oh, and the other thing that I was going to say is, again, making sure that you understand the math of this like in what we're saying. We're saying, like, if you put your, if you put your antenna... I would just say antenna instead yep. of the modem or whatever. If you put your um, antenna in the center of a 1,500-square-foot house. Yep. I had an 1,800-square-foot house for my first house, and my where the uh, cable came into my house for our network was on one side of the house. And I was like, well, I've got a you know 1,800-square-foot house. This should cover most of my house. No. It was no. like half of my house. Yeah. Why was it half of my house? Placement is important. Because it was covering my neighbor's yard, too. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> yes, it was. So, again, general rule is three. You can go four to five, again, depending upon insulation, yep. depending on how thick your walls are, right. materials. So that's just a good, a good general rule to work with. If you have concrete walls... Sorry. I highly recommend you put a radio on both sides of the walls. Yep. It is not pleasant in what it does to Wi-Fi. And even though some may get through, it is going to be degraded and it is not, not going to be a good product. It's not quite as bad as rock wall, but pretty uh, bad, depending on how much steel is in it. Yeah. It so, like, if you're doing, oh, what is it, concrete, polymer, Oh, Cody did it on his house. Yeah, I don't remember. It's a concrete wall with little chunks of metal instead of full rebar. Yeah. I should know this. My dad's in construction. That stuff is terrible. He's going to smack me upside the head if he hears no, this. No, he's not. <laughs> so that can increase density, Yeah, which can cause a bad experience. Yep. So placement is critical, especially when you know the materials of your house. If I'm looking for gear, Chris, what are some names that you trust? If you're going to do the stuff from Best Buy, yeah. I tend to like D-Link for one reason. 
and it's been a while since I've used their product. So if it's changed, I'm sorry. They used to have a parental piece built in that would work with OpenDNS. Okay. That you could set content filtering. You could pick your level and you could even say from this time to this time, I want it to be ridiculously strict. What gear was this? Uh, D-Link. D-Link. Okay. Yes. You said that. I was like, huh? Yeah, this was something that they dealing dealing that they that they had. Other manufacturers may have it now, but they're the only one that I'd ever run into it. Yeah. So I could say when my kids are home, I and I know they're potentially. I'm not home yet. My wife's not home yet. Give me absolute maximum strict filtering. Yeah, no shenanigans in my house, please. Dealing. We get home. There's a little more accountability. You could back off to medium. Because my wife doesn't like uh, getting stopped from some of her shopping. Correct. Correct. And then some of it, you could even do some custom levels of allow this, but actually block this. Yeah. So I, if, again, assuming they still have that feature, I really love them for that. Uh, another good dependable product is going to be Linksys. That, that used to be, it seemed like that used to See, be the go-to for everybody. All over the place. Back in the days of 802.11b and A and even G and N. Yeah, I would say G and N for sure. Every, everybody had a Linksys yeah. of some kind. Now, you may need to get the like second level of Linksys, but... Correct. Correct. So the other thing that you can do with those types of systems, um, and some service providers are doing this now, is the newer generation, you could actually buy a repeater that is specific to your device. So in your scenario, you had your router, modem, all the Wi-Fi combo all the way on one side of the house. Right. You, you're hurting on the other side. You could plug one of these into the wall. It would pair up and repeat the signal and give you improved coverage. Yeah, that was actually what I was looking at before we moved. Yeah. So that's not, not a bad way. Um, I Linksys has a lot of these. Yes. By the way, there's a lot of options for repeaters. I would highly recommend not trying to do repeaters off of repeaters. Don't do that. <laughs> just don't. You could do, I mean, it's like anything else. Like, you're just going to get a degraded signal. You are. You can do a repeater on either side. Correct. Or all four sides, however you want to. Correct, depending on how it's it's laid up. But. So, now, if you don't care, yeah, you can absolutely take the product from the service provider. I don't recommend that. But for some people... If it works for them, great. It works for you. But instead of doing what I did, best thing to do is just roll up your sleeves, get in the attic, run a cable into the center of your house. Yes. And run everything from the middle. Yes. So the next level up is, again, it's still going to be Linksys, D-Link, TP-Link, some of the other uh, vendors that are out there. In what they they'll base, I've seen them sold in sets of three, sets of four, sets of five, and it creates a mesh, which is sort of like having. This is how Eero made its name, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think they're an Amazon product now too. Really, I I think so. I think it's what's uh, they, being sold with a local internet service provider. Really, right now that shall remain nameless. I think that's what they're they're putting in. Yeah. Eero is now an Amazon product. Wow. There you go. So, so in this careful, we yeah, saw what they did with Alexa and what they've done with ring. I'm just saying, watch out. So you would have one of them that would basically be the, 
router access point combo right that could sit ideally in the center of your house or it could be shifted and but then you have mesh points that you can put in other places around the house to extend your coverage and it's a much better experience with doing mesh versus a, a traditional repeater right because it's not the same thing it is not no it's not mesh is used especially outdoors on a lot of college campuses right to extend wi-fi to the outdoors and cover large spaces yeah so that's kind of that next level up that can get a little more expensive depending on what you're looking at but still a good solution for a lot of people um then from there, then you really start cranking the geek knob up. And you're like, this is my system. Yes. You may be giving me a connection to the internet, but I'm making this happen. Yes, I have sovereignty and total control. So this is where you would buy your own modem. Right. Then you're going to buy your own network gear and build out your own network. So this is where like a Unify comes in. This is where TP-Link's Omada, which is a competitive piece that's out there and even Meraki Go yep. that is out there. And so in this scenario, you would buy essentially a router. Some people call it a gateway. That is the first device that connects to your modem. Right. That handles all of that routing internal to your network and external going to the internet. Then from there, it may have a switch built in. If not, you're going to buy your own switch it's going to come off of that router or gateway. Uh-huh. And then from there, you're going to have fun in your attic and you're going to pull network cable. Got to. Yes. It's yes. important. And I would highly recommend do it when you first buy your house. If you wait, odds are you probably won't go back and do it. Or you'll put stuff up there and it'll make it a lot harder. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> so in this scenario, you'll run network drops from that switch out to where you're going to place your radios to give yourself right. the best coverage. And when you're going into that level, now you tend to have a whole ton of control. You can get as geeky as you want, or you can keep it as simple as you want. But you have, at that point, you have total control every every aspect of your network. Turn it up to 11. Up to 11. So if you buy a Unify product, there is no recurring cost. That's my favorite part. Yes. Now, the give is the support isn't always the best i mean who wants support really <laughs> so is it give and take i'm not here to ask directions chris yes i'm not paying any ongoing and i've got to see what's in the forums on their site to try to help same thing with tp link uh, omada youtube videos that's all i'm saying you man there's probably a lot of that and then even now meraki who is a cisco company is getting into this with a product called Meraki Go. Yeah. It's, it's technically geared towards small business, but it would work great in your home. Great in your home. The advantage to Meraki Go, depending on the individual, is you manage it all from the app, and you can also manage it from a cloud portal. Okay. Unify, there is an app Yeah. as well. I've um, been on it. I use it a few times. Yeah. So, um, again, you can have that mobile ability to control and see what's going on. Um, um, the Omada system has the exact same thing. Does it? Yes. Now, if you have deep pockets and you want to buy full-blown Meraki, more power <sighs> to you. The, those reoccurrings are going to sting, but if you've got deep pockets... It, not if you have not deep pockets. You're yeah. not going to complain. Not in this inflation, you know, whatever we got going on now. Yeah. 
was this thirty percent inflation over the last three years? Feels that way. I'm just gonna be quiet. <laughs> and then and for those that are out there and you want to go full blown Cisco and you've got that capability and that knowledge, go for it. I mean, there are a lot of great dependable places out there that you can buy quality used Cisco gear and right. and Meraki, where you can get some really nice equipment at a cheap rate. Meraki, you've obviously got the reoccurring, but Cisco, nope, there's no reoccurring. Now you can't. Now, if you did like a support contract or something like that, yeah, that's, that's a different thing. That's different. And the main thing you would get out of that um, is they'll help you with configuration if you don't know what you're doing. Right. That's always a win. Yeah. You get the software updates, assuming the equipment still is getting updates. And with the, depending on what you've got, you could have within five business days, you could have a replacement product if it was to die. If you want to go more, you can get next business day. Depends on how much fun you want to have. I mean, sure, why not? So I'm made of money. Again, what is your level of geek and how deep are your pockets? <laughs> and how deep are your pockets? Yes. Always those two questions. Yes. And if you're married, please don't, talk to your wife first. Yeah, don't don't do this on your own. Yeah. Don't say but, might wanna, but dear, they told me on the show. You might want to fill a cart and then figure out what that price actually is. First. Absolutely. Eesh. Yes. Man, that was a good one. That was like it was. That was that was like drinking from a fire hose though. It yeah, we've had a couple of those. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the hammer. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll definitely get this in the show notes so anybody can go back and kind of look at what we were we're going over. Well, there was a lot of numbers for sure. There's a lot you're of not numbers. Remember that off the top of your head. No, 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 no. Uh maybe some links to some of these um uh, devices or manufacturers and stuff like that too. Yep, I'll be curious to see how well the transcript does this particular show. Yeah, I'd be interested. So, <laughs> all right, thanks, brother. Enjoyed it, man. Good time. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. All right, see you later. See you, everybody. Hey everybody, Beer and Gear is a value for value podcast. If you made it this far, then I would like to think you found some value from the show. If so, send us a boost with your modern podcast app like Fountain or Podfence. You can find modern podcast apps for Apple and Android at modernpodcastapps.com. When you send a boost, make sure to include a note that we can read on the show. Thanks everyone. Good try, scumbag.